Hello everybody, how you doing? I hope everybody's good. Today's episode is a very important one, kind of sets the scene for a lot of other episodes, and it's a discussion of philosophical meditation. So if you're in my class and you listen to this podcast, you'll notice that at the beginning of each of the chapters in our anthology that we use, we have a section for philosophical meditation. So basically, this idea, I think, starts, at least for me, with Socrates, and there's been a lot of different modern takes on the Socratic idea of meditation, of um, kind of, as we'll see, dragging questions inward and examining the questions and also examining ourselves, right? So the questions are often a pathway to the self. So for Socrates, we want to kind of have, he, he talks about the soul being a mirror, right? We can examine our own thoughts, examine our own emotions. Also, of course, examine our own actions by turning our gaze inwards. So for me, one of the most effective ways to do that is by sitting down with some time, as we're going to see in a moment. Uh, Alain de Bouton makes a suggestion in his book called Self-Knowledge that involves writing. I'm huge on self-writing as well. Um, And as we have in our class, for example, our philosophical meditation sections have questions, space to write, and then a quote from philosophy that should or is hopefully helpful in guiding some thinking, right? So let's get to what Debutan is offering us here in the book Self-Knowledge, and we'll kind of extrapolate from there and understand philosophical meditation in a slightly broader sense. But what he offers, I think, is great. So he tells us, it is no coincidence that Socrates should have boiled down the entire wisdom of philosophy to one simple command, know yourself. This is a distinctly odd-sounding ambition. Society has no shortage of people and organizations offering to guide us around distant continents, but very few that will help us with the arguably far more important task of traveling around the byways of our own minds. Fortunately, however, there are a number of tools and practices that can help us to reach inside our minds and move us from dangerous vagueness to challenging but redeeming clarity. So our last line I think is very meaningful, right? Vagueness is dangerous. Clarity is difficult, but it's worth pursuing, and clarity is powerful. We want to be working always to see things as honestly and as clearly as possible. One of the things we need to see, of course, is ourselves, right? So I think that's really one of the main takeaways from this, and we do that through examining, through dialogue within ourselves. All of this is very Socratic, right? So we have to know ourselves, and another part of the knowing thyself, which is going to play a huge role in our class, going to play a huge role in this podcast, and also played a huge role in ancient Greece, is to care for yourself, right? So philosophy is not only about knowing yourself, it's also about caring for yourself. And I would also argue that it's also about offering service and being, let's say, um, being able to offer that capacity, right, to others. So help others to know and care for themselves as well. So for me, I break down philosophy, and this is, you know, meditation is a part of this, to know yourself, care for yourself, work and aim and take action to serve others, right? So for me, those are kind of the three main philosophical, well, the main goals of philosophy, let's say. So a little more specifically now, for Debutan once again. Philosophical meditation, a practice with the premise that a decisive share of the trouble in our minds comes from thoughts and feelings that have not been untangled, examined, and confronted with sufficient attention. So main part of this idea of philosophical meditation is if we sit with ourselves, as we have in the first paragraph, right? Through that result of untangling and examination and confrontation, we get greater clarity. The idea of sufficient attention, that's also a very ancient idea, right? One of the things that 
for the ancient philosophers we wanted to cultivate was this idea of prosike or vigilance and attention, right? So we should be vigilant and attentive to our thoughts, feelings, and actions such that we can untangle them, such that, again, we can lead more peaceful, productive lives. For Debutan, he basically focuses on three questions, right? So he tells us, philosophical meditation needs a time of the day when nothing much will be expected of us. We might be in bed or on the sofa, alone with a notepad and pen. Key to the practice are three well-angled questions. What am I presently anxious about? What am I presently upset about? What am I presently excited about? Right? So I like these questions a lot, and I think they're really powerful and meaningful and within themselves have a lot of value. Uh, that being said, for me, I put philosophical meditation in a slightly, or I understand it in slightly, you know, a broader way. I think the practice of sitting down with a notepad and pen to confront any question, especially a question that has the word I or you in it, right? So sometimes, for example, when I crafted the philosophical meditation questions, I'm speaking with students or I'm speaking with readers, right? One of my um, books is this whole practice, basically. The, the word you, right, will get interpreted by the reader as the word I, obviously, right? So any question, especially one that has you reflect on yourself, where you take the time to address it, again, with a notepad and pen is what I would recommend. He said in bed or laying on the sofa. I would even add, and these are practices I personally use that I think are really good for philosophical meditation. I'll go for a walk with a couple questions. If I'm working on a specific project or if I'm going through something in life that's testing, let's say, my patience or my discipline, I'll kind of take the question or let me just go for a walk with this. I'll go for maybe 20 minutes just to think about and really try to focus on that question, sometimes with music, sometimes without, usually with music, though. Um, sometimes I'll go for a walk with a friend and kind of want to focus the conversation with them or a family member. And I'll sort of guide the conversation or I'll even ask them, like, hey, I'm having this situation. You mind going for a walk with me? We could talk about it. Or, you know, again, even a phone call. All these things, I think, as long as we're examining the self and focusing our attention um, with some intensity on, let's say, a couple questions or one question, that to me is, is, is a form of philosophical meditation. And if it's done honestly and with dialogue and authentically, these are all sort of virtues of good philosophical meditation, right? So one of the advantages, among others, of writing with a notepad and pen um, is that it can be private, right? I think that's such a cool aspect of that, right? You can imagine someone watching you, and to a degree, right, it's something I've done a lot because I practice it with a notepad and pen every day, is there's a space between you thinking it and you writing it, and that's you sort of judging yourself. And that's a very useful judge, right? Or we can, let's say, work to make it useful, because in order to be useful, it has to be honest, right? So it has to know how to pursue truth. And it has to be fair, right? Because sometimes when I'm going to write something like that's not even a real thought, I'm not going to write that. And in dismissing it, right, that's therapeutic. And then in writing it, because it, let's say it makes that first sort of cut, if you will, to write it, I can see it now more clearly. Because I'm literally looking down on it, right? I have an advantage on it. It's no longer in my mind. I've, I've made it something that I can examine. We have a lot of thoughts a day right? Tens of thousands of thoughts per day. It's, it's hectic in there. It's chaotic in there, in our minds. And that's what Debutant is saying here too. So at the very least, if we, let's say, just might be in bed or maybe sitting down in a chair, we can think about things. We're asking our minds to focus. So that's a good step, a step in the right direction. 
The no pad and pen, I think, is an additional step in a positive direction of focus and concentration. Also, he's saying a time of the day, right, when not much will be expected of us. So that means when you can focus and you're not going to be distracted. So although this is online, this is a podcast, right? For example, in my classes that were in person and hopefully will be in person again soon, we pretty much start off every class with a good five to 15 minutes sometimes even sitting with questions in silence. And I, I, I encourage students if they like to put on their headphones, if that's going to you know encourage them to think or focus better, um, go ahead and do that. And we sit for usually about 10 minutes in silence, writing in our notebooks, examining the questions that I provide to embody what Debutan is saying. We're not doing anything else right now. Just sit and focus on these questions, try to get some ideas down. Right, so all these things are good practices. And also I encourage students to look, if you think better when you walk, go ahead, go for a walk, come back in 10 minutes, right? So it gives us a little more information that I think is really useful for the why behind, like why bother doing this, right? Philosophical meditation does not magically solve problems, but it may help hugely in creating an occasion when we can identify our thoughts and get them in some kind of order. Fears, resentments, and hopes become easier to name. We become less scared of the contents of our own minds. We grow calmer, less resentful, and clearer about our direction in life. We start at last to know ourselves a little bit better. So this is great, right? And I think this really speaks to another interesting idea that I've picked up from my study of Dr. Elliot Cohen's work with logic-based therapy. So let's say, for example, in your meditations or your, you know, before you're even meditating, you're like, I'm somebody who I get a little bit angry, right? I have an anger situation or I get frustrated really easily and I get angry too frequently, right? All right. So you know, that's just what it is right now. You can identify that. So I'm going to use an analogy here. And I think this is something the ancient philosophers would approve of. They, they often related philosophy and leading and examine life. They related it or connected it to wrestling, right? Your opponent is unpredictable. All you can do really is prepare, prepare yourself and understand what wrestling is, right? And I want to add an element to that, that again, I'm not intimately familiar with ancient wrestling coaching practices, but ultimately modern fighting coaching practices, a lot of it, a lot of coaches look at the opponent, right? They, they'll watch tape and film of the opponent in their past bouts, past fights to learn about their habits, right? So they can prepare their fighter better. That's sort of what this is, right? Philosophical meditation. If you know you're somebody who gets frustrated easily and you don't confront that, it's almost like you're, you're fighting yourself blind, right? You're blindfolded. You're not doing research on the other fighter or you're not doing research in this case on the thing you're fighting, which is your proclivity for getting frustrated and angry, your tendency for getting frustrated and angry, right? So with philosophical meditation, and this is also why I expanded a little bit from Debutant's questions. He's saying, I am presently, I am presently, I am presently. Okay, well, the past gives us good evidence, right? We can look at our past, right? So what usually gets me angry? What's gotten me angry most frequently in the past? How can I maybe get myself out of that situation? How could I maybe change my perspective on that situation? How could I maybe, if it's recurring in my life, prepare myself before this might happen again? What can I do after, right? What have I done after this event or these events in the past, right? So we can use our past as good evidence, I think, to learn about ourselves. That's sort of what thinking is, right? Thinking as a big sort of umbrella term involves remembering, involves imagining. Right. So even our future can be used in philosophical meditation. Look, if this happens again, how should I deal with it? Well, what kind of person do I want to be? I want to be a more patient person. I want to be kinder to others. So I have to change my 
behavior, if this happens again, based on this image of myself in the future that I appreciate, that I think is better, right? So, and by better, I mean more virtuous, right? So I think he gives us some really powerful ideas ideas here. I would just say to broaden the scope of what we might consider to be philosophical meditation, both in practice and in the ideas that we examine, right? Because again, you don't want to be fighting yourself blind. Back to his point or earlier point, you want to be as clear as possible, which is to say you want to see yourself as clearly as possible. So we should use the past, present, and the future and use this question dialogue within the self method to do that, right? Because we can. So ultimately, I think for those of you in my class, again, and if we're doing it online, setting time aside, and for those of you, of course, not in my class, hopefully listening to this, um, setting aside time on a daily basis to do this, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, and again, maybe sit down with a pen and paper, maybe go for a walk, maybe just sit quietly with some music on, maybe sit quietly with some music off, maybe have a friend you can turn to frequently, your significant other, a family member, right? We want to be doing this. And this is something I can really personally stand by. When I stop doing my daily writing, I feel it. And this is something that happened to me maybe three months ago. I realized I was feeling kind of off. I was just, I was more stressed than I should have been. I was focusing on the wrong things. I was more you know, easily frustrated than I should have been. My imagination was getting negative. And I realized, well, for whatever reason, whether it's I got busy or whatever, I wasn't taking the time to sit down and write for five to 10 minutes in the morning to cultivate my practice generally, is I cultivate gratitude first for the day, just for being awake. Then I set intentions for the day, right? Usually for me, those intentions are I want to try to, I want to serve today. I want to serve others and try to fulfill my duty as a member of my family, as a friend, as a teacher for some examples. And I also want to grow, right? So I want to cultivate myself. I want to read. I want to exercise. I want to do something that helps me develop as a person. So I set those intentions. I maybe get a little bit specific about those, right? I want to do this today. I want to do that today. And then I also, as a third thing, if I wake up and I am feeling, let's say, stressed or whatever, I get my, my thinking and my feelings out onto the paper to examine them. And I always end on a positive note, encouraging myself that I can deal with whatever it is I have to deal with, right? And we can maybe sit and unpack that, right? If I'm waking up and as I'm hearing myself, right, I tend to be someone who pressures themselves a lot, right? I feel like I have at times unhealthy levels of ambition. So I stress myself out over getting things done. So that again, it's you, we reveal ourselves to ourselves. Then we can build ourselves with these types of practices, Right. And the other element of that that I hope this podcast is very helpful with is that philosophy is a guide to all of that. They can give us the questions. And then when we read these different pieces of philosophy, they can give us the guidance we need to become who we think we should become. Right. So I've got great philosophy throughout these episodes and hopefully others as well for those of us who might be dealing with what I just said I'm dealing with. Right. How do we have goals and to pursue them in a healthier way Right? we have to integrate virtues like balance, focus right? Among others, of course, that philosophy will discuss. That'll help us do that. So I hope this was helpful. And I hope we now learned a little bit more about how and why we can practice and should practice philosophical meditation. And um, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.